The Chicago Bulls make a set of moves on draft night to get Julian Phillips and Adama Sinago to the Chicago Bulls, but those moves really don't provide much clarity on the needs that the Chicago Bulls have this offseason. We're going to talk about that clarity. We're also going to talk about the Bulls' newest signing from a Turkish league of a player that I'm actually pretty excited about. All that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm your host, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform for the show, or you can follow me personally at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E if you choose to do so. But let's go ahead and get into it for today, right? So right now, the Bulls sit in a place where we're going and heading into free agency. Free agency opens on the 30th, but teams can re-sign their own free agents now. have been able to do so since the finals ended, and we have not gotten any clarity, really, in regards to what's, what's going on with the Nikola Vucevic situation or really anything else. Despite the Bulls' draft night moves, it, it didn't add the point guard or the shooting that we need to the roster, and has left many Bulls fans scratching their head wondering, what is going on? How are we going to add shooting to this roster, right? There were shooters still left on the board when the Bulls did draft Julian Phillips that they could have went after. One of the players that I was super high on, Gigi Jackson, was sitting there that the Bulls could have went after. But nonetheless, right, they went after Julian Phillips. We have the videos on Julian Phillips and Adama Sinago. If you guys want to go and see their draft profiles and how I see them kind of rounding out for the team and what their roles could be next year on the G League or whatever else, so make sure you guys go and check out those videos as well. But with that said, the Bulls still have to provide that much-needed clarity on a couple of things heading into this offseason and before we get into training camp. Now, uh, while free agency does open on the 30th, uh, players can start officially signing deals on the 7th of July, but we can get deals announced leading up in between the 30th and the 7th. We're going to get probably about 80% of the free agency deals announced during that, that week, basically. So, coming up, that next in the next couple of weeks, we're going to know everything that we need to know. The first thing up, though, with the Bulls is what's going on with Nikola Vucevic, right? One of the things I did not talk about in the uh, draft night presser with uh, Arturis Karnasova and Mark Eversley was when AK was asked about the situation with Nikola Vucevic, he did provide an answer and said that, they, you know, they, they he's not going to get into the details of that, but they are going to try to re-sign Vuce, but he didn't seem as confident in it. Now, one thing that I will say is that AK is just an awkward person and in front of press, he's always been that. He's he's he 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 doesn't have like the the energy, right? He's he's not one of those uh, those players who, uh, or those GMs who get in front of there and he just commands the room or anything like that. It really kind of seems like AK, if he could avoid it, would not talk to press at all. But uh, you know, the Vooch situation, I thought we would have clarity. We've heard like that Vooch could be signing a three-year deal uh, worth what 62, 65 million, something like that. And then we heard a couple of days later that Vooch is willing to give the Chicago Bulls a hometown discount. But we haven't seen a deal get done yet. And you, I would think that the Bulls want to lock him in before he can hit open market on June 30th, which is now only six days away as of this recording. So we'll ultimately see, right? Um, but that is one of the first things, because if they can't re-sign Vooch, it drastically changes the outlook and even what the Bulls could need this offseason. Now, with that said, we're going to continue this conversation as if Vooch does re-sign. But if he doesn't, just keep in mind, this can go very, very different. Now. We do still need to figure out our starting point guard situation now. Some could say that the Bulls are just going to start Kobe White, depending on what they can get out in the open market. If they can find some shooters that aren't necessarily point guards, the Bulls could very well just, you know, start Kobe there, let it ride out, right? 
or hopefully the Bulls, and my hope is can find a shooter and a point guard in the same person that can provide some spacing as well as, you know, run that offense. But I think ultimately as we keep going forward, I, I think that, you know, Patrick Williams, I mean, uh, Patrick Beverly retweeting, the, uh, you know, a, a, a one of the Bulls pages saying the Bulls are solid, run it back. I think now with the Bulls having that full mid-level exception, maybe Pat Bev is looking at that as, hey, I can get more money. I'd be willing to stay here. But ultimately, I hope that the Bulls can find an upgrade. Now, let me be clear here. While I hope that that's the case for the Chicago Bulls, I want to also say that I think that the more likely scenario is that the Bulls maybe find a stab gap or maybe do start Kobe White and then try to find their starting point guard next year when they can have more flexibility in spending power. So be on the lookout for that. But, you know, with AK saying uh, he wants fans to wait to see what they do in free agency before, you know, uh, you know, uh, going into their disappointment, you got to get cooking. And so we know that we need things, right? The size aspect, I know we always say, I say size and shooting, but I think ultimately we know what this Bulls team is going to do. I, I I don't, unless they find a shooter as a big, I really do think we're running it back with Patrick Williams. I think uh, Julian Phillips is probably going to get a shot. And, and then, you know, in training camp, if he doesn't look like it, and, you know, shout out to Pat, the designer, my co-host over on Locked on Bulls, he did say, what if one of the reasons why they're not really tripping off bigs is that they do finally plan to give Marco some tick. Now, I don't know how that's going to work, but there is maybe he's on a guaranteed contract. They're strapped with cash. Maybe they feel like they they want to invest their money in shooting first and let Marco figure it out. Like, there's a lot of different options, but that clarity is not there. And some teams did add clarity between trades and, dra- and the players that they drafted. They have a more clear, linear timeline on what they're trying to do in free agency. The Bulls right now, we are all over the place. And hopefully that clarity comes a little bit sooner, right? I think getting Vooch locked in first, that's going to be the thing. Free agency opens. Hopefully the Bulls are very active and get their their guy early into free agency and it provides that clarity as well. The Bulls got to get to cooking. That's just what it boils down to. The Bulls have to get to cooking and we got to figure some things out. All right, next up, before we uh, get into the mailbag, I do want to talk about the Bulls' newest acquisition. And this is a guy out of the Turkish League. His name is Erlop Bitten. And so this guy is a small forward slash, um, a, 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 sorry, shooting guard slash small forward. And uh, it, talented, right? I'm going to play some 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 highlights over me talking about him, but he's 24 years old, right? He he could have signed with one of the powerhouses over in Turkey, played in the Turkish League. He averaged 18.4 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists in the Turkish League. Then in Euro Cup, he averaged 18.1 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, and 3.2 assists. And if you see this guy play, he just has a fluidity of his game. Not super hugely athletic, not extremely fast, but he's just a smart basketball player. He has that basketball IQ, can dish when he needs to, can score the ball, can get physical, can get to the lane, can finish around the rim, can shoot. And he's, he decided to come to the Bulls, and he signed a two-way contract for now. But I do think, depending on what the Bulls do out in free agency, we could see this guy actually play on the Chicago Bulls roster next season. Now, signing into a two-way contract means the Bulls have all the all three of their two-way deals locked in, right? That means that Justin Lewis, now Erlot Bitten, and then uh, Julian Phillips are our two. I'm sorry, not uh, uh, Julian Phillips. Um, Adama uh, Sanago are our three two-way players next season, which means that Carly Jones. No, now that doesn't mean that Carly Jones can't be brought back on the main roster, but right now, Carly Jones isn't getting that deal, right? So, McCore Maker, who some Bulls fans wanted to see come back, not coming back. So, ultimately, we now know who our two-way deals are going to be. Now, if Erlot Bitten, who is going gonna, is gonna to probably play in the Bulls Summer League, if he earns a main roster spot, that can open up another two-way deal. But overall, 
This guy's coming into the Chicago Bulls. He is going uh, to, to get a opportunity, and especially as we know that AK and how he's tapped in with the foreign league, he goes over to Turkey, watches those games. We actually saw him go over to Turkey towards the end of the season, and people thought, hey, well, he's just going to watch your old basketball. No, he's probably going to watch and scout this guy. Brought him over. I, I, I like what I see from him in these highlights. I just like how intelligent of a basketball player he is, what part he plays for the Chicago Bulls. Now, that remains to be seen. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. But all right, let's go ahead and get into the mailbag portion of the episode. You guys have gone off. I may have to do three mailbags this weekend. Uh, we got five voicemails today, but that is only a fraction of the voicemails that we got in, especially after the draft night thing. But let's get into this first one. This one is from Jamoy. Hey, what's going on? Hey, this is Jamoy. I love what you do. I gave you a call earlier, but my message got short. Um, it got cut, so I'm going to try to leave it short here. Um, but no, what I was saying is, you know, being a Bulls fan is very, very sad. It's very sad being a Bulls fan, just being from this big fan base and, you know, um, just being relevant. Um, you, again, I've been following the Bulls since I can remember. I've, I've witnessed every championship, and it's really sad that as fans, we have to play the GM role where if something is over the luxury tax or if it's paying too much, we just know that we're not going to go after it. So, um, and another thing, I, I talked about playoff wins. Since 2000, the Bulls have only won 40 playoff games. And to think about a big franchise like this, only winning 40 playoff games, is really sad. And you look at other teams like the Raptors have more playoff wins than us, the Utah Jazz, the Indiana Pacers, the Atlanta Hawks, um, the Detroit Pistons. Like, you know, that's really sad. So I just wanted to throw a scenario at you. Let me know what you think about it. But what if the Bulls were to trade DeJounte, go after DeJounte Murray, and we trade Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams to Atlanta? That gives us a defensive-minded point guard who can distribute the ball, and we have to fill in that four spot, and we just use the mid-level exception to get Christian Wood. So then you have a backcourt of DeJounte Murray. Zach Levine, and then we have DeMar DeRozan, Christian Wood, and Vucevic, and then we have, you know, space for Kobe White, Dalen Terry, and, you know, try to um, develop those guys. But just let me know what you think. This is coming from a sad Bulls fan that every offseason, every trade deadline, you know, we're disappointed, right? But uh, let me know what you think, man. Love the show. Keep up the good work, and um, talk to you in a little bit. Peace. All right, so I'm just going to focus on your deal only because, not to slide it, but I've talked so much about the Bulls and luxury tax, and, you know, now AK has said that he may have the green light from ownership to go into the luxury tax. So, yeah, I'm not going to talk on the luxury tax portion. I will say I feel you, brother, but uh, I'm going to focus on the trade idea that you brought up. Alice Caruso and Patrick Will for DeJounte Murray. This is actually a deal that we also brought up over on Locked on Bulls. Um, here's what I'll say with that is I do not think that AK is willing to give up Patrick Williams yet. And I do. I think also when you look at the fact that DeJounte Murray is a free agent next season, that the Bulls, instead of giving up Patrick Williams or Alice Caruso, may very well just wait to free agency next season. And I've already talked about too. Next season, DeMar DeRozan's contract comes off the books. It would make more sense to do the career-ending injury exception for Lonzo at the same time so you can, you can net more money from that. And then you have spending power out in free agency. So that's what I think maybe on the horizon here, so be on the lookout that we may get a stopgap option at point guard and not our long-term option at point guard, which is kind of what I said in the first segment of the episode. But I, So I don't think that that trade is going to go down for that reason. Now, here's what I'll say. Um, DeJounte Murray 
is absolutely going to be shot this offseason. I don't know if Atlanta's going to find what they want now. I know some fans think, well, Atlanta's going to want to recoup the three first-round picks. They're not going to get it. He's, a, he's, a, he's going into free agency the season after. The Atlanta Hawks right now, at, at best, hope to recoup any type of assets because he's probably going to walk away from them. Now, with that said, DeJounte Murray absolutely is high in my target list as far as whether it is a trade this season, whether it is in free agency next offseason. But I just don't know if the Bulls are going to be willing to give up Patrick Williams because we know how highly AK regards P. Will in, right? Now, as far as Christian Wood, here's what I'll say. Uh, in your scenario, you said sign Christian Wood for the mid-level exception. There's a chance that Christian Wood may only get offered the mid-level exception. Like, it's crazy. But starting him next to Vooch, that is terrible. That's just a no-go, bro. No-go there. But, again, I understand where your thought process is. I'm not saying it's faulty. I just don't think that the Bulls are going to be willing to give up those assets for a player that's going to hit the unrestricted free agent market a year later. Could be wrong on that. This is kind of where my thinking is. You guys let me know what you think on that one down below as always. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Mike Jones. What up, Hayes? It's Mike Jones. Uh, I got a buddy that lives out in Phoenix, and he's constantly, constantly hounding me to talk to him about Devin Booker. And I mean, like I said, he, he he wants me to crown Devin Booker the best two guard. Not not that my opinion really matters that much, uh, but he like wants me to crown Devin Booker as, or at least admit Devin Booker is the best two guard in the league. Um, now in no way, shape, or form, so all you Bulls fans still, in no way, shape, or form, am I saying Zach Levine is the best two guard in the league? But Hayes, I just want to know from you, what do we need to see from Zach Levine? to enter that best two guard in the league discussion. And in, in your opinion, is um, is Devin Booker the best two guard in the league? I mean, like I said, I I don't know, man. I, I, I haven't liked Devin Booker really that much since, since you know, that stuff happened in the offseason when he was practicing with Joe Keith Noah, and he didn't want that man to play defense on him. Um, And then Joe, like, hammed him up real quick. But, like I said, I think that uh, – I mean, he, he his skill set is elite, and like I said, I, I I do I do like the way that he plays and his scoring. I mean, he he he's given the Bulls buckets the last couple of years. Like Nash, um, what does Zach Levine need to do to take that second step, I mean, that that step to step into that conversation as best two guard, or could he be considered one of the best two guards in the league? Will we see that step? Do you think we'll ever see him take that step? And then is Devin Booker the best two guard in the league, in your opinion? Thanks, man. Go Bulls. Great question here, and I think. Before the Chris Paul trade to the Phoenix, the the gap between Devin Booker and Zach Levine was not that high. Now, while some Bulls fans are very low, Zach Levine is one of the best shooting guards in the NBA, period. Now, he's definitely not, maybe, he's top 10 for sure. Top five, top five, I got definitely, uh, Devin Booker's number one for me. And then you look at probably Donovan Mitchell, especially with the way that he played last season with the Cleveland Cavaliers, if he can stay healthy, or Jalen Brown, he's up there up there as well. Anthony Edwards is up on an ascension. I think he definitely deserves to be in that top five. Also, um, it really comes to Bradley Bill and Zach Levine are very experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL 
But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Similar to me, because Zach Levine is younger, on a better contract, I think I have Zach Levine above Bradley Bill right now. But then you still got to look at, DeJon- like, uh, not DeJounte Murray, uh, CJ McCollum and where you rank him at. Where you rank, rank Tyrese Maxey at? Some people have him very high. Desmond Bain, I think, is deserved to be in that top 10 c- category as well. But Zach Levine, make no mistake about it, is one of the best shooting guards in the NBA, No, any way that you shape, shape, shape it up. He just is. And what does he need to be to do to be the best two guard in the league? He has to, like, first, be consistent offensively, but step up the defense consistently as well. If Z- Zach Levine has all the physical tools to be a, a good, to above average defender in this league. He just doesn't do it. He falls asleep. Off-ball defense, he gets blown up sometimes. He needs to focus on that. And I think if Zach Levine does that, we've seen it, right? We've seen games and stretches where Zach Levine has turned it up defensively, and you're like, why doesn't he do this every single night? And I think it's just the focus. I think if Zach Levine focuses on being a good defensive player, he could be. And I think that is what Zach Levine would need. I don't know if we're ever going to get it, but I think the defense aspect is what Zach Levine is missing to be looked at as one of the best, if not the best, uh, shooting guards in the NBA, in my personal opinion. You guys can let me know what you think on that one as well down below. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's a long one because it's two different voicemails from uh, Edward Herring. So let's go ahead and play that now. What's up, Hayes? How you doing? This is Edward Herring. We've conversed on the YouTube channel uh, for some time now. And, you know, I'm a big fan of yours and the podcast. I really appreciate your content. So I have a trade idea, and I've I think I've spoken on this before, so you may or may not be aware. But a guy that I think that could be on the Bulls' radar um, to add more talent to the backcourt is um, Cole Anthony of, of the Orlando Magic. Um, this past year, he had um, his best overall year as a pro. Um, and post-All-Star break, you know, these were the averages of uh, Cole Anthony uh, post-All-Star break. He averaged 27 minutes a game, 15 points. 5.2 rebounds, 3.2 assists, on shooting splits of 47 from field goal, 41 from three-point range, and also 91 from the free throw line. Now having the draft is passed, and I now see that the Orlando Magic took two guards in the draft. They took Anthony Black at six, and they took Jet Howard at 11. Now both of those guys figured to be more two guards or, you know, wing players, but nevertheless, with that many guards taken in the draft, also you have three point guards on that team. One of those guards, in my opinion, is going to be available via trade. And I think the guy that we should, the Bulls, the Bulls should focus on is Cole Anthony. Like I said, I gave you his stats in the second half of the season post All Star break. He averaged 14 points, five rebounds, and about four assists on shooting splits of 47, 41, and about 92. And I think he's on the rise. I think he's on the ascension. I know he has some injury problems in college and even the first two years of uh, of, uh, the, of the NBA. But he shot a career high last year uh, from the field. He shot 44%, which is a, a leap considering he was sub 40% his first two years. So, And I think that he is on the rise. I think he's an ascending point guard in the NBA. And um, he's explosive athletically. He's a good rebounder for his size. Um, I think he would fit well with the Bulls and adding some, you know, just some general basketball talent in the, in the Bulls' backcourt. I know we already have guys like 
Zach Levine, of course. Um, but now, given that also we get the news that Lonzo Ball is going to be out for the season, I think a player like Cole Anthony, who is on a still on a rookie uh, contract in the last year, I think the time to get him is now because I think he won't command a great deal of money on the open market next year. And I think it will be a good good thing to get in get him now before he starts to make his ascension as a player. See red, go Bulls. All right, I love that we have a voicemail from you before and after the draft because it kind of adds that that complexity. Here's what I'll say. When you initially brought up Cole Anthony, I'm not going to lie to you. My first mindset went to hell no, hell fucking no. I'm just going to be honest with you. But then when I looked at the numbers, when I looked at the, the advanced analytics and things on it, here's what I'll say. A, he's on a rookie-level deal, so if the Bulls were to trade for him, they can get him, right? I think that's a very attainable asset for him. Now, the thing is, is that I think I would still rather start Kobe because he's familiar with the system, things like that, over Cole Anthony, kind of move Cole Anthony to the bench. But then when you look at and break down the plus minuses and things like this for Cole Anthony, you see that there is a there is a way that you can talk yourself into. He could have that scoring punch and be a really solid three-point shooter and a distributor. When you look at his sophomore year, 5.4 assists per game. He started every game he played that season. Now, this past season, he only started four games, but he still had 4.8 assists. Again, not anything world beater, but you also look at his turnover ratio. When he was a starter, though, he, he averaged 2.6 turnovers per game, which is when you factor in the 5.4 assists per game, that's still not the greatest turnover ratio. But then when you look at how he got those turnovers down, right? First two years in the season, over two turnovers per game, he got that down to 1.5 turnovers per game. While I believe uh, that his usage rate stayed about the same, even though he was off coming off the bench. So here's what I'll say. I, again, Cole Anthony would not be my first pro, uh, uh, option at all. But if you go through this free agency period and you have to use your mid-level exception on a great shooter or a power forward or whatever it ends up being, and you survey the landscape and you say, hey, I think we can get this Cole Anthony trade done for whatever pieces, right? A signing trade for Javante Green, a signing trade for Derrick Jones Jr., whatever ends up happening, right? I don't hate the idea of Cole Anthony. Now, again, I'm, I want to be clear. Not even probably my top 10 options that I would like to see the Bulls go after with point guard, but it's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. And then when you also look at his rebounding as a guard, almost five rebounds as a guard, that shows that he that he plays. Like, I, I, I love seeing Cole Anthony play before, right? And I've seen, mainly, I don't watch a lot of Magic games, admittedly, but I do, you know, the games that he played against the Bulls. And he just seems like a player that, to me, he, he lacks focus sometimes. But overall, right, I don't think that you're thinking it's too far off, right? And I'll I tell you what, the way that you presented this and everything, it, it made it, it made me think like, hey, maybe. I mean, and we probably could get him to your point, right? The Orlando Magic drafted so many guards that, hey, there could be a there could be he could be gotten for easy. And then, then also you don't necessarily have to commit long term money. I think his contract is um is up where it has an option on it in the last year too. So hey, not terrible. Not terrible. You guys can let me know what you think down on that one uh, down below. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Michael Korn. Hey, what's up, Hayes? This is Michael Korn. I've been enjoying listening to you all week, uh, especially like uh, when the uh, Chris Paul trade uh, happened uh, with uh, uh, the Wizards, especially like, uh, I don't know who your mates are, their names, but the show was great, that episode. Uh, it got me thinking that the trades we've seen so far uh, and, you know, before the draft and now right after the draft really is all the Wizards tearing it down and, you know, the subsequent movements after that. Um, it got me thinking that 
really nothing has changed all that much. Uh, I think the market's in a vacuum at this point where all the execs, they don't, uh, they're still trying to discover prices of what free agents will be worth. I don't know if anybody really knows. Uh, um, I'm thinking that, and I wanted your thoughts and uh, your listeners' thoughts on um, Zach Levine's camp is against trade to the Knicks being reported. But that just seems, you know, um, they're being really proactive. So is something there going on? Is this whatever's going on? Just leads me to believe no one really does know what's going on. Even the insiders, uh, um, no one really has. Um, I guess something will drop, and then like things will follow. But it just feels like right now nobody has a clue. Um, and then I'm just talking about you know basketball fans. I'm talking about like GMs themselves. And maybe it's a case of you get lucky if something comes your way. But anyway, uh, looking forward to hearing your mailbag on the weekend as well. Have a good weekend. Thanks uh, for, uh, you know, letting us know what's going on, especially from your perspective. Hey, thanks. All right. So I was waiting for somebody to ask this. I meant to talk about it last week, but I kind of skipped over it with just news and things that broke. Zach Levine being against going to the New York Knicks. Uh, uh, from my research, like his former agent or somebody, is one of the execs over there, and that's probably why he doesn't want to go there. Um, but again, I don't think the Bulls necessarily want to trade him either. The Knicks are always going to be in the in the talk for trading for anybody just because of the number of possible picks they have next year, and it's the Knicks. They always try to get Knicks in those type of conversations. Um, but ultimately, the, the ending point of your voicemail, that nobody re- really knows what's going to happen in free agency. I think we're in for a free agent period that we're going to see a lot of shocking moves. You look at the Jordan Poole move. You look at the initial Chris Paul move. You look at the Bradley Bill trade, right? Now, all those kind of overlap, right, because one player was kind of involved in all of those. But ultimately, it's this. Um, This free agency period, because there are going to be so many teams that are looking to get under that second tax apron before it becomes more penalizing next season, there are so many teams that, because of the parity of this past season, are going to be trying to be buyers because they think that they aren't that far away. We're in for an interesting free agency period. I'm telling you guys this. It's going to be some so many deals and moves that we are all looking at, and we don't know what the hell just happened. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But it's going to be fun. As a basketball fan, it's going to be fun to see. And I think uh, the, the unpredictability of it all makes it, it's probably going to make it one of the more, more entertaining off-seasons that we've had in a while. Hopefully the Bulls get involved in that as well. All right, let's get into this last voicemail for today. This one is from Big O. What's going on, Brother Hayes? Boy, Big O, back with another voicemail. Uh, just uh, riding and listening. And uh, great show, Drive uh, Day show, by the way. Uh, I've been keeping up with everything. All your videos been great as usual. But, uh, yeah, Marqueo with CAGO made a great point. And he got me thinking now because we know that AK has a type. We know that... You know, they're long, uh, you know, average or above average defenders, but guys that can't shoot. So he actually made me think about it because we do talk about Billy Donovan's offense. We talk about the lack of shooting that the Bulls does not do uh, or can't do. But then AK goes and drafts another guy who can't shoot. Now, this ain't no knock on uh, Julian Phillips. You know, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a good player. We, I mean, talked about how his upside can be really great, right? But when we talk about, when we criticize AK's offense, I mean, uh, Billy's offense, when we criticize uh, the player's ability, inability to shoot the ball and willingness to shoot the ball, 
And then we couple that with AK saying he wants to change the shooting profile, but yet he go get another. He don't get not one guy that can shoot out the draft. Now, I mean, we got free agents coming up. Obviously, it's still moves that's going to be made. But just from at this point, you know, it's kind of like yeah, we he's saying one thing, he's doing another. You know, so I guess it's like you know, it's a way to thing. But I do want to get your opinion on that. Because I know we still have to let this thing evolve, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself on that. But I find that very interesting uh, hearing that. And I think it's, 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 it's something to be said. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be tuning in to shoot too and uh, go forth. All right. I've seen this a lot. First of all, the comparisons of Julian Phillips to, to, to Dalen Terry are lazy ones. And I just want to be clear there. They're lazy ones. They are not similar players. They have similar body makeups, yes, but their skill sets are very different on the basketball court. And anyone who is comparing and saying Julian Phillips is just a Dalen Terry clone, you got to pay closer attention to basketball. They aren't; a, He's not a Dalen Terry clone at all. A, he doesn't handle the ball as well as Dalen. He's not as good of a passer as Dalen Terry, which is one of Dalen Terry's best attributes as well, especially if you watched Windy City Bulls games last season. The Dalen Terry comparison to Julian Phillips is just lazy. But... And I'm not saying that you made that big I know you're just saying that people commented on it. But I, I, I want to be clear here. There are two methodologies when it comes to drafting players. You either go your highest upside or you try to fill a need now. Very rarely do you fill a need with a second-round selection that you, need right, that you need right then. It's just it's rare, right? Not to say that it doesn't happen and not to say that there may be players that, that could have fit that for the Bulls. But then, like you said, I think that the, where the Bulls are right now, they want proven assets for things that they need immediately. So I'm going to wait to judge it through free agency because I do think that AK wants proven shooters that have played a certain level of NBA basketball already and not hope that they're going to adapt to the NBA game quick enough to be that factor for you on a spot that you absolutely need. We need shooters. So while they're, yes, higher in the draft, if we had a lottery pick, it'd be different. There were absolutely shooters you can see being the best shooter on the Bulls on day one, right? But because of where the Bulls were able to trade into, to me, you don't want to try to fill a need at that point in the second round. You want to try, if you have the faith that you're going to be able to do it in the assets, you want to try to fill a need that you that you need to push your team to the next level with free agency. And so let's see if they do that. Now, if they don't do that, it makes it even more head scratch. But let's see, wait and see what AK does. He said he wants fans to hold on to their disappointment until they see what they do in the offseason. Let's hope that that pays off with some actual moves that add things to this team that we need in changing that shot profile. Let's hope so. But that's it for me for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the show, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.